Good morning. Welcome to the Presbyterian Church on Edisto Island. It's a joy to have you with us. Before we begin worship, I have some announcements. We love to welcome visitors, especially first-time visitors. For those who are with us today for the first time, we have a small gift for you to remember us by and to share a little bit about our church. If you raise your hands, an usher will bring you a welcome bag. So you need, should you need it, a restroom is under the stairwell in the corner door. There are friendship registers on each pew to let us know of your presence this morning. Please sign and pass to your neighbors. If you are visiting today, there's a space to leave your contact info and we'll be glad to get in touch with you. The nursery is over in the ministry center and welcomes children ages six and under at any time during the service. Ushers are available to escort them from here after the children's sermon. The flowers in the sanctuary today are given to the glory of God by Laura Statt in loving memory of her mother, Carolyn. The worship committee is having a training on ushering duties today immediately after the worship. If you have been ushering, join us for a refresher. If you would like to join the usher team, please join us. See Bess Kellett with questions. Presbyterian women will meet tomorrow at 9.45 a.m. in the Fellowship Hall. All women are welcome. This Tuesday, the Stitch Sisters will meet at 10 a.m. at the home of Bonnie Gary. See Bonnie and Abinett for details. Pastor's Bible study continues Wednesday at 10 a.m. in the Ministry Center. Wednesday at 11.15, uh, the Committee for Our Light unto the Island Bible Study Conference will meet in the Ministry Center. Also on Wednesday, elementary-aged children and their youth mentors are invited to the Fun at Church group from 5.30 to 7. This group's theme is Getting Ready for Easter. They enjoy festivities of Mardi Gras and then have a time of learning activities, preparing palms for Ash Wednesday. We invite all children to come for dinner, games, and activities. Fresh Express returns to our parking lot on Thursday bring a reusable bag and come for free produce. If you can help, please speak with Bonnie Gary or Brenda Barnes. The Chimes Choir rehearses Thursday at four, followed by the adult choir at five. Because of two conflicting Edisto events, the fellowship committee has decided to postpone our Fat Tuesday party to another time. Lent begins next week and we will have services each Wednesday at 6 p.m. followed by a soup and cornbread meal. There's a sign-up sheet on the porch today if you can help. Please read the flash emails for more details on these and other upcoming events. Now let us begin our worship with the prelude.
Please stand and join me in the call to worship you'll find in your bulletin. God, you have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. I will praise you with an upright heart. Let us worship God. Let us pray. Open our eyes, Holy Spirit, to your love in our midst. We give you thanks for the power of our minds to choose right over wrong. Guide us now that this power may not overwhelm us but inspire us. Help us to choose compassion for ourselves and others. Teach us to set aside old resentments and grudges. Lift us with all earth's children and all your creation to aspire to the abundant life Christ brings. Amen. Please remain standing while we sing hymn 420, God of Grace, God of Glory.
You may be seated. Surely God yearns, as any loving parent would, that we God's children would choose wisely. And surely as any loving parent would, God offers grace when we don't. Knowing God as a God of second chances and reconciliation, we can be honest as we pray together for forgiveness. Let us join our hearts in confession. God of grace and glory, you are ever ready to forgive and free us from our burdens. Forgive us for judging ourselves and others harshly. Free us from the times we have made others stumble. Forgive us for lifting ourselves up by putting others down. Free us from self-condemnation and regret. With every breath we take, help us to choose to live in Christ's ways. This we pray in your holy name. We pray now silently. Amen. As you are able, may we stand now together. By the mercy of Christ, our sins are forgiven. Sing praises with an upright heart as we continue to learn the ways of God. God is offering us life and abundance. Thanks be to God. Hear the words for the prayer of illumination. Let us pray. Loving God, anoint us with your Holy Spirit as we hear your word this day. Fill us with your truth that we may walk in the ways of God and to the glory of your realm. Amen. The Old Testament reading today is from Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 20. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways and observing his commandments, decrees and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous and the Lord your God will bless you in the land 
that you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I will declare to you today that you shall certainly perish. You shall not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Loving God, the Lord your God, obeying him and holding fast to him, for that means life to you and length of days, so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give you to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. This is the word of the Lord. I'd like to invite the children to come forward for our time together. We're going to sit on this side of the bench today. Good morning. Have you ever thought about how you learn? You guys are both in school. And you're learning lots of things, I know that. But you, have you ever thought about the process or how you start to learn something? I wonder, let me ask Ross a question. Ross, when you started math, did you immediately jump into long division? No. Can you do long division today? Yeah, well, what did you have to learn first? Okay, all of those things that go into long division, I'm not going to repeat them because I don't know them. <laughs> but you, you got to start somewhere, right? You got to start with like the basics. So for example, maybe you guys, I know that Grace can write her entire alphabet. I have seen her do it and she is really good at it. So before you can learn to read words, Using the letters of the alphabet, you've got to learn those letters first, right? You've got to learn what they are and what sounds they make. Yeah. So when we learn something, we got to start at the beginning, start at the basics, and we get a little bit more knowledge and we get a little, little bit better at it. Maybe we practice it a little bit before we can add another idea or concept to what we learn. So I'm going to teach you a really big word incremental. Can you say that? Yeah, that's a big word. I don't use it that much. It's so big. But it's a word that means that little by little, we get bigger. We start small and we get bigger. So there was a song that I used to sing when I was actually in Sunday school. And we sang it at church camp too. It's called, I think it's called the garden song. Does anyone know John Denver's garden song? Familiar with that one? Well, the first line says, inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe till the rains come tumbling down. And then it says, inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Warm them up from the ground below, right? So it's some, something like that. Well, it's that same idea that little by little, we have something big. If we plant small seeds and nurture them, they'll grow into something much bigger. 
In our way, our scripture talks about that today. Moses is sharing with the people of Israel that they've got some pretty big rules to follow if they're going to be a community together. And he says, you've got to practice those rules. You've got to practice first choosing the good, and you build on that until you do it even without thinking about it. So you've got to start somewhere. And then what's that big word? In incremental that's right incrementally we grow and we get bigger and stronger just like a garden grows and gets bigger and stronger just like our church grows and gets bigger and stronger so today in our worship service if you stay in the sanctuary I want you to think about that as we watch and listen and learn here how our church is growing inch by inch and row by row okay we're going to have a special prayer this morning. Um, Grace, do you know what's, does Grace know what's happening this week? Okay, Grace's baby brother, Bo, is having surgery on Tuesday. He's having some tubes put in his ears, and so when, our, when we pray our prayer, we're going to add Bo as a special prayer, okay? So let's bow our heads, and you can repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for helping us grow inch by inch and row by row. Thank you so much for today and all the blessings we have. Lay your special hand of care upon Bo as he has surgery on Tuesday. We love you. Amen. All right, you can return to your pew. Thank you so much for your attention and for learning incrementally.
Amen. A reading now from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you will not, were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos. Are you not mere human beings? What, after all, is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each task. I planted the seed... Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you alone, who is our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Think with me for just a moment. What was the first rule that you begin, you remember learning? What was the first rule? Maybe if that's too tough for you, I bet you can remember the first time you were ever disciplined for breaking a rule. Other than don't get caught, I wonder what you remember learning in that process, knowing a rule and breaking that rule. For most of us, the first rules or discipline that we experience comes from our parents or our families. We set rules because we love our children. I'm gonna say that again for two people in here. We set rules <laughs> because we love our children. We do it because it promotes peace and unity within our households. We do it because clear rules keep children safe, out of danger, and ultimately happy. But parents aren't the only ones to set rules and provide discipline. Many of us have other family members that teach us, even though I know some grandparents spell the word discipline S-P-O-I-L-E-D. <laughs> but we have teachers in school. We have coaches in sports. We have mentors in our community. We have leaders at work. And we even teach and discipline right here at church. 
And all of this prepares us for living in the world, in that place where the consequences for living outside the rules, well, they maybe are a little bit more heightened, right? So we devote a large part of our lives, either as children learning or as adults and role models teaching, we spend a large part of our lives to the ways of rules and discipline. Our scripture this morning, no surprise, is all about rules and discipline. In fact, our sacred text has a lot to say on this topic, whether it's the law of parents, honor thy mother and father, the law of learning, whatever the context may be, we are expected and encouraged to learn rules and live more fully because of it. There are a lot of laws in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament. In fact, we were just laughing. I think it was this past weekend Bible study about a book called A Year of Living Biblically by A.J. Jacobs. He takes an entire year and he documents his experience of attempting to follow every single command in the Old Testament to the letter of the law. We know that there are books that outline the history of the Israelite people, that there are books in the Old Testament that prescribe, not describe, but prescribe the law by which they are to live together in community. Those books, the first five books of the Old Testament, the Pentateuch or Torah, which simply translate as law. And today we find ourselves reading from Deuteronomy, well within that subset of books. Moses is preaching to the congregation of gathered Israelites, and he's speaking to them before they enter into the Holy Land. He's reminding them that when they get there, that order in society and life must be maintained by following the commands that were given to them while they were in the wilderness. So those rules given in the wilderness still stand in the promised land. In Deuteronomy, Moses tells this congregation that they are the people of God by God's choice, God's acts, not by their own. But he says to them, but you too have choices, and you too will put those choices into action. So Moses calls for those choices and actions to be appropriate to God's call to God's law. Moses doesn't just tell them that the laws and the ordinances God sets before us will keep us happy and healthy. He says these are matters of life and death, physical life and death, and spiritual life and death. And we must choose. Do we follow the law of life? Or do we follow the law of death? To choose life is learning. It's a growing process. And to choose death is simply a life without God. 
The book of Deuteronomy, as I said, contains many distinctive teachings and laws to the people in the wilderness, but, you know, we have to start somewhere. We've got to start at the basics. I might propose that those include that we should have no other gods before the Lord. One. Two, that we should not make for ourselves idols. Three, that we should not use the Lord's name in vain. Four, we should observe the Sabbath and keep it holy. Five, honor our mother and our father. We shall not murder, we shall not commit adultery, we shall not steal, we shall not bear false witness, and we shall not covet. Aren't those the building blocks? This is the beginning, the basic commands. And in Deuteronomy, at least, there are at least 29 additional chapters on law. But on these 10 commandments hinge life and prosperity or death and adversity. God, through Moses, begins the rules here. And Moses says you've got to start somewhere and then grow and grow and grow until you're fully living God's law of life. Paul, too, taught the Corinthians incrementally. See, I can use it. In this first letter the Corinthians to the Corinthians, he says that he initially feeds them with milk and not solid food, just like we do with a child who's learning to eat. Because if we jump right into the solid food, it would not only be overwhelming for the child, but it would be very dangerous. Dangerous. So instead, we start at the beginning. And as long as we remain God's servants, Paul says, working together we will continue to grow and grow until solid food is what we eventually live on. And through God, we will be strengthened in all goodness for the glory of God. While Paul starts the Corinthians on milk, working his way up to the teachings of the law of life in Jesus, we too are challenged to keep the basic laws and teaching before us as we grow in Christ. It's no mistake that we teach our children the Ten Commandments at a very early age. In fact, I taught them just a few months ago to our preschool. There we begin our fundamental understanding of the law. In this way, we also begin to understand Jesus when he says, remember last Sunday, I've come not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law and the prophets. I have come to embody them. And then further, when Christ says, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. In Christ, we find the fulfillment of the law. And when we give our lives to Christ, we firmly plant our choices and our actions in his law. The lectionary psalm this morning is Psalm 119. I had thought I would 
select it for today, and then I looked at how many verses it was, and we would still be here well into the afternoon reading. So it appears just as segments in your call to worship, as well as in your assurance, assurance of pardon. That psalm begins, happy are those who walk blamelessly before God. But I like this translation better. Happy are those who walk in the law of the Lord. It's before us, plain and simple. God's people can obey the law or not. You can worship the Lord with all your heart and soul and mind, or you can choose to follow something else. But what you can't do is worship the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and follow something else. They're not compatible. Because worshiping or following something else, even if we think it's just benign, it will turn us away from the Lord and from God's statutes and ordinances. And those things become a nuisance in our lives something we don't have time for, energy for. And Moses says bluntly, choose death or choose life. And this may seem drastic, but if we consider what is at stake, I don't think that Moses is over-exaggerating. When I was a child on Saturday mornings, I was excited to wake up because I could watch Looney Tunes. One of the common storylines in Looney Tunes is when a character had to make a decision, whether it was Bugs Bunny or Elmer Fudd, when they had to choose between doing what was right or doing what was wrong, these two figures would appear on either shoulder of the character. One was this angel who was sweetly pointing the character in the direction of what was good. The other was this horned creature tempting the character toward the bad. It was ultimately up to the main character left to listen to these two voices and make a decision following whichever voice was the most convincing. Now, I haven't watched Looney Tunes in a while, but as I recall, about nine out of ten times relying on that choice, they chose what was bad. And it was a funny episode because of it, right? So the grace and hope for me in today's text is realized in that very last part of Paul's message. He says, we are co-workers in God's grace. And to me, that is really good news. It's not on my shoulders alone to make the tough decisions, to choose to live according to the law of life, because we're given this beautiful gift of community. We become fellow pilgrims traveling side by side on this journey of faith. A journey that incorporates God's laws into our living. And here we help each other. We encourage one another. We lift each other up 
even as we practice healthy discipline when it's needed. Ultimately, we are working together to choose the good. The law on our own, it seems impossible. Just ask Bugs Bunny. The law is only possible by the one who fulfills it, Christ alone. But together with hearts and hands entwined, we have more than just that inner voice prompting us to choose the good over the evil. We have one another to speak compassionately and courageously, to guide us in the way of Jesus, And we have one another to remind us that God says, See, I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life and live abundantly in him who saves. May it be so. Amen. May we join our hearts together as we pray to the Lord. God of grace and steadfast love, we thank you for our life that we share in community. We thank you for calling us to ministries of hope and compassion. We pray for your grace to do all that you ask of us, to choose life, to love you and our neighbors without reserve, not half-heartedly, but with our whole selves. Holy God, we bring before you the cares and the concerns and the joys that occupy us. We remember before you those who are at odds with one another in families and neighborhoods or offices and communities and in the church and across political aisles and deep-seated divisions. We pray for nations in the midst of internal and external conflict and all those who suffer because of that conflict and violence and terror. Today we especially pray for all who are still digging their way out of rubble after the massive earthquake in Syria and Turkey. For all those who have lost life, lost loved one, and for all who will forever be burdened by this tragedy. We remember before you today those who have physical needs, people who fear for their safety and well-being, people who are hungry or thirsty, people who are exhausted by the demands of work or caregiving, people who are sick littles who will undergo surgery, and people who live with chronic pain. Lord, we pray that you bring relief and rest. We remember those weighed down with needs of heart and soul and worry that keeps us awake at night, grief that accompanies us everywhere we go, depression that clouds us or an addiction that grips us Lift all of these heavy burdens with the light of your peace and your presence, we pray. 
Sustain us over the long journey toward health and wholeness and give us trust in you, ourselves, and in those who love us. And we remember before you not only our cares, but also our joys, all the things that are life-giving, a birthday celebrated, an anniversary enjoyed, a baby born or coming, a new job, a new relationship, and a new day of your mercies. We give thanks that you are there, always beginning something new, a way where there was no way, hope beyond hope, and life beyond death. Give us the courage to trust you as we choose your life-giving path, praying as you teach us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I'd like to invite our nurture and outreach chairperson, Angie Easterling, to come forward along with all of our new members and affiliate members. On behalf of the session, I present to you Angela Clark, Mel Frick, Tom and Sandy Johnson, Hollis Savage, and Preston and Stacy Walter as new members, and Rick Shepard and Richard and Debbie Schwartzel as new affiliate members of the Presbyterian Church on Edisto Island. Friends in baptism, God claimed you. God marked you as Christ's own forever and joined you to his body through the Holy Spirit. You come to us then not as strangers, but as friends in Christ and members of the household of God. We rejoice that you now desire to join with us in this congregation in our worship and mission. And as you join us, it is fitting that together we affirm the covenant into which you were baptized, claiming again the promises of God as we grow inch by inch, and row by row. These questions of membership are one and the same as our baptismal covenant. Friends, trusting in the gracious mercy of God, do you turn from the ways of sin and renounce evil and its power in the world? Do you? Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your Lord and Savior, trusting in his grace and love? Do you? Will you be Christ's faithful disciple, obeying his word and participating in the life of this congregation? Will you? 
As our new members and affiliates have affirmed their faith publicly, it is fitting then for us all to declare the one faith in which we are bound. Let us then stand together as we say the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The congregation may be seated. Let us pray. Holy God, thank you for calling us to be your people and joining us to Christ's body, the church. We praise you for leading Angela, Mel, Tom, Sandy, Hollis, Preston, Stacy, Rick, Richard, and Debbie to this congregation. Empower us all by your spirit that we might love one another as Christ loves us, honoring him in all that we do and say, giving our lives in service to others through our Savior in whom we pray. Amen. Ashley, I'm going to go off script one second. <laughs> Meeting these folks and getting to know them has been such a blessing to me. There are three educators, a contractor, a CPA, a banker, a podiatrist, several folks that work with the turtles, a few with the birds of prey and the injured birds, and there are four elders, deacons here that have served at their former churches. I'm not going to tell you which ones. You get to know them. Inch by inch, row by row, we grow and we give glory to God, for we do the planting, but God does the growing. So we welcome you. We have a welcome bag for you that I'm going to ask Angie to hand out. And I've asked our new members to make themselves available at the conclusion of our worship service today for you to have an opportunity to greet them and to get to know them and find out who is who. Um, but we are delighted that you have chosen this congregation to live your life of faith. And we pledge as a congregation to be your encourager, your guide, and your friend. Thanks be to God. Y'all may be seated. We may plant the seeds or water the garden, but it is God alone who gives the growth. For we are God's servants working together to sow the seeds of peace on earth and to build up the body of Christ. Trusting in what God is doing, let us offer the gifts of our lives and our goods as we praise God in worship.
These offerings belong to you, O Lord, for you are the source of every blessing and joy. Employ these gifts to build up your realm. Send them into the world to heal the sick, feed the hungry, and reconcile us to one another. By our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service, make your church a true instrument of your peace. Amen. Our closing hymn is number 414 and also printed on the back of your bulletin. Friends, may the wisdom of Christ guide you, may the love of God surround you, and may the peace of the Holy Spirit go before you and shine brightly today and always. Amen.